Eleanor here. And this is Eleanor Smith, and I'd like you to welcome her. Uh, um, Eleanor is from um, IJM, International Justice Mission. The eagle-eyed among you will recognize her because we actually did a, an interview with Eleanor in lockdown. Uh, was it wasn't last summer, probably the oh, summer 2020, before. 2020, yeah. Summer 2020, Joe did an online interview with Eleanor, uh, which we showed as one of our lockdown services. But actually, our connection with IJM and International Justice Mission goes back way before that. Um, there's been a small group of people praying for justice and justice issues in this church for many, many years. And um, this Christmas, at our Christmas services, we're going to be taking offerings, and the money that we raise is going to go to IJM and some of their projects. And we're just delighted that you're here today. And so I'm going to pray, or perhaps, Paul, you want to pray for Eleanor, um, and then she's got a video to play. And this is part of our Advent prayer and fasting series. Okay, we started last week. Um, justice is one of the big things on God's heart. Um, it's a big thing for him, it's a big thing for us, and, um, and we're just delighted that Eleanor's here to kind of contribute to this series. So let's pray for you, and then um, go for it, Paul. Yeah, we just invite you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would just, just anoint, Lord, Eleanor, Lord, as she comes and speaks about your heart, because you have a heart for justice. You have a heart for mercy. You have a heart for compassion. And I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint your words, Lord, take hold of the passages, take hold of the stories, Lord, and may they more than just kind of interest our, our minds, God, but may they touch our hearts, God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to start with a video which is going to share a little bit about the work of International Justice Mission around the world. in the shadows. But what is the one thing that can drive out darkness? Light. And when the light that we each carry unites, it stirs a bold hope. The impossible becomes possible.
That spark is now a flame. People believing that slavery and violence could have an end. Exposing the darkness of injustice and bringing it into the light. Breakthrough is happening across the world. We are seeing whole justice systems changed. Countries' attitudes to violence transformed. And authorities choosing to protect people. Survivors and communities are leading the way. Families are being reunited with trafficked children Possible is happening. But this is just the beginning. Should we pray? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are at work in the world and that with you, the impossible becomes possible. Today, as we consider this journey of Advent from darkness to light, Lord, I pray that you would instill us with an unshakable hope. Thank you, Jesus, that you're already there. And you invite us to join you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hello. Good morning. This is an absolute joy. It's always fun to visit churches that I visited online um, during the pandemic and then meet real people. And uh, you can have a sweepstick on how tall I am and all of those kind of things. Um, but um, as Nigel and said, I'm Eleanor, um, work for International Justice Mission. Um, and you saw a little bit of our work um, from that video. We work to prevent slavery around the world and to protect people living in poverty from violence. And um, I'm especially delighted to be joining you during Advent. Advent is my uh, favorite season. And I'm becoming ever more convinced that the work of justice and the work of IJM uh, and the season of Advent all kind of complement each other really well. Um, and as we journey today uh, from darkness to light uh, in today's sermon, I hope you'll catch a glimpse of what I mean. I, um, I love Advent, but growing up, um, I was actually less of a fan of Advent. And I've been pondering this, and I think... I think it's because, as a child, I was never allowed a chocolate advent calendar. 
thank you for that. I appreciate your sympathy because every single year, my brother and I, my brother's two years older than me, um, we would petition our parents, please, mum and dad, this year, could we have a chocolate advent calendar? There are fair trade ones now. Um, but no such luck. Every year, we were told, in no uncertain terms, no, no, Advent is a time of waiting. Um, both my parents are vicars, in case you didn't guess. Um, <laughs> but no chocolate for us. And I, I felt this particularly acutely, actually, in my first year at university, um, in my flat. Um, and everyone's parents had sent them advent calendars, my, mine included. And we decided that on the 1st of December, we were all going to get together and open this first door of our advent calendars. And gathered in our kitchen, and they were all in the fridge, and all my ha flatmates opened theirs, and there was a dairy milk and a crunchy, it was even a Twix, and I opened mine, and I got a hearty piece of scripture. <laughs> the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Um, <laughs> man shall not live by Advent chocolate alone, I suppose. <laughs> um, but um, because man shall not live by Advent chocolate alone, um, we're going to read from the Bible, um, we're going to be reading from Isaiah 59 uh, today to start with. We'll move on to Isaiah 61 later. If you have a Bible, do um, get that open. It'll come up on the screen as well. But whilst you do that, I just want to start with a little uh, bit of a warning, um, just to say that because of the nature of IJM's work, some of the stories that I'm going to be sharing today are going to be hard to hear. And so um, if stories of abuse and violence, especially those involving children, are going to be particularly difficult for you to engage with today, or if you have young people with you who you don't think need to hear that, um, do feel free to remove yourself from the situation. Um, you can excuse yourself while I'm reading the passage. Um, in it all, though, I just want to encourage you that there is so much hope. Um, as you saw, God is at work in the world in profound and beautiful ways. So we're going to journey from darkness to light today, just like we do in Advent. But we are ending up in the light. Let's read from Isaiah 59. So justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in deep shadows. For our offences are many in your sight, and our sins testify against us. Our offences are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquities. Rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God, inciting revolt and oppression, uttering lies our hearts have conceived. So justice is driven back, and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets, Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him, and his own righteousness sustained him. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and he, the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. The Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. As for me, 
My covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit, who is on you, will not depart from you. And my words that I have put in your mouth will be always on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants. From this time on and forever, says the Lord. To give you a little bit of a sense of where we're going today, I like to know where I'm going in a sermon. Um, There's a short outline on the screen. Advent is about waiting, or so my mother used to tell me. But my new favorite way of thinking about Advent comes from theologian Fleming Rutledge in this wonderful Advent book, which I would heartily recommend, uh, which is a section of her sermons, um, which if you're engaging with Advent as a church, I would recommend getting a copy of, of this, Advent, the once and future coming of Jesus Christ. And she talks about the fact that Advent begins in the dark. Advent begins in the dark. We see this in the passage we've just read as well. Isaiah is a book that charts Israel's failures and exile as well as God's covenant promises and his continued faithfulness. That first verse we read, Isaiah 59 verse 9, so we look for light but all is darkness, for brightness but we walk in deep shadows. Advent begins in the dark. It leads to the light of the incarnation, but it begins in the dark. And so does a lot of the work of IJM. That, too, begins in the dark. Take Ruby's story, for example. Ruby actually isn't her real name. It's a name that she has chosen for herself, uh, which we're using to protect her identity, and we won't ever show her face. Ruby was 15 years old when she became a victim of online sexual exploitation. After the death of her parents, Ruby was tricked by traffickers who offered her a job. She thought her life would get better, but the reality was very different. Ruby was trapped and locked up in a house with a guard outside. She was sexually abused live over the internet for predators to watch online. Her description, it was like being trapped in a room without any rays of light. The online sexual exploitation of children is a global crime and one which is growing fast. IJM is working across the world to combat this modern crime, bringing victims to safety, restoring survivors, and holding perpetrators to account around the world. The Philippines is the largest known source of these images, videos, and live streams. The UK is the world's third largest consumer of this material. The average age of victims is 11 years old. At 15 years old, Ruby was one of them. Advent begins in the dark. So justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness, for brightness, but we walk in deep shadows. Justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. 
Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. What a vivid description of a hurting and broken world. Advent begins in the dark. Advent is a season where we, as the people of God, as Christians, acknowledge the utter brokenness of the world in which we live. How sin pervades every part of our lives, how we are completely and utterly helpless in the face of it all. In the words of Fleming Rutledge once again, Advent is designed to show that the meaning of Christmas is diminished to the vanishing point if we are not willing to take a fearless inventory of the darkness. A fearless inventory of the darkness. In Advent, we journey from darkness to light. We consider the world around us. We look back to the incarnation and our hearts long ever more fervently for Jesus' return. It is in Advent that we openly acknowledge our need for a saviour, something outside of ourselves. W.H. Auden's poem, For the Time Being, it's a Christmas poem, captures this perfectly. He writes this. We who must die demand a miracle. How could the eternal do a temporal act, the infinite become a finite fact? Nothing can save us that is possible. We who must die demand a miracle. Nothing can save us that is possible. We who must die demand a miracle. We need something from outside of ourselves. We cannot overcome this darkness alone. Isaiah 59 reminds us of this, verse 15. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him. His own righteousness sustained him. The Redeemer will come to Zion. To those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. Advent reminds us we need Jesus. Advent is the season of crying out, Lord, have mercy, and come, Lord Jesus. Advent begins in the dark. Ruby was trapped in darkness in that house in the Philippines. She was desperate to escape, and so she hatched a plan. She waited until she heard sirens nearby, um, and then she ran to the front door, screaming as loud as she could and banged on this door. But no one heard her. And Ruby was in trouble now. She was threatened with a knife and told that if she tried something like that again, she would be killed. Ruby ran and locked herself in the bathroom. There, in the depths of despair, out of sheer desperation, she cried out, God, if you're real, get me out of here. God, if you're real, get me out of here. That's the Advent cry, a prayer of desperation. Nothing can save us, that is possible. We who must die demand a miracle. Help us, we cannot help ourselves. God, if you're real, get me out of here. Advent begins in the dark.
Ruby had cried out in desperation to a God she wasn't sure could hear her. But hear her he did. Those who call on the name of the Lord. The very next day, fewer than 24 hours after she had cried out those words, local police, in partnership with IJM, entered that house and brought Ruby and five other girls to safety. The very next day. Her perpetrators were arrested. The light broke in. God was at work through the police, through the work of IJM, to answer Ruby's prayer, to bring her to safety. God, working through his people here on earth, was the active agent in bringing about Ruby's freedom. God is always the active agent. What does this look like in Isaiah? Well, we're going to read Isaiah 61 now, verses 1 to 3 and 7 to 8. It's be on the screen. Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. I don't know about you, but reading those words when I've just heard Ruby's story kind of makes me want to weep a little bit. Throughout this passage, the one who has the spirit of the sovereign Lord upon them has been sent by the Lord to do all these things, to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion. These are infinitive verbs. These are doing words. God is the active agent. In the book of Isaiah, the spirit is often associated with bringing justice and righteousness. So these associations, these actions, they shouldn't surprise us. And of course, as you most likely know, these are also the words that Jesus quotes right as he begins his public ministry in Luke 4. These are his first words, his Twitter bio, if you will. These words are a promise fulfilled in Jesus and a foreshadowing of what is to come when he returns in glory at the end of time. This is what Jesus came to do. He is the one who stepped into the darkness and came to rescue us. He, friends, is the answer to all our prayers. God is on the move. He's on the move. 
And these things, these infinitive verbs, these are what he's calling us to do as his disciples. As we follow him, the same spirit that anointed Jesus, that filled the early church in the book of Acts, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. And so when we pray, come Holy Spirit today, when we pray that the spirit would fill us, we are praying that we will be equipped and empowered in these verbs too. Isn't that really cool? I really like that. And of course, we do this in the knowledge that the Spirit of God is already at work. He always was. That's his vibe. (laughs) Because God is the active agent. And when God gets involved, things change. Take a look at this. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. Change. Oil of joy instead of mourning. Change. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, change. A double portion instead of shame. Rejoicing on your inheritance instead of disgrace. The great instead of God rings out. Advent begins in the dark, but then hope breaks in. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. God is on the move. God is the active agent. He always was. He always will be. So what does this mean for us today? Fundamentally, we, the church, we're an Advent people. That's why I love Advent. We live between the now and the not yet. We live between Jesus' incarnation and his second coming. We acknowledge that the world is dark. Fearless inventory of the darkness, friends. We acknowledge it. It's broken. We live in the time between. But we also live in the knowledge that God is on the move. God is real and he's at work in the world through his church and by his spirit. God is the active agent and he invites us to play our part. He fills us with his spirit and he works in and through us to see his kingdom come. That's how he chooses to work. It's in and through us. God is the active agent. We pray and we petition him to move powerfully in this broken and hurting world. We roll up our sleeves and we join him where he asks us to. And we pray ever more fervently for his returning glory. We wait with hope because we know how this story ends. Today, Ruby is a safe and courageous advocate for every child to be free. She's one of IJM's survivor leaders. She has had opinion pieces published by Thomas Reuters Foundation, and she's won several awards. Um, She even contributed to an an IJM roundtable event with UK MPs about the upcoming online safety bill to talk about the issue of live streaming abuse. IGM lawyers represented her in court as she chose to testify in the trial against her perpetrators, and they were sentenced to 15 years in prison. But there's more. During the trial, Ruby had the opportunity to speak to two of her three perpetrators. She said, these are her words, she said, I wanted them to get a lifetime in prison, but it was God's grace that taught me to forgive and extend his grace to even the most difficult situation and to the most impossible people. 
Ruby expressed to her traffickers that she had forgiven them. And then at the back of the courtroom, she prayed for them. Again, in her own words, I'm going to try and read this without sobbing, but I can't promise. She says this, I am a living testimony of God's immeasurable love. Indeed, we have a great God who is able to turn each of our painful stories into powerful testimonies. I just to leave it there, mightn't I? <laughs> this year, Winchester Vineyard, as, as Nigel said, is kindly giving your Christmas offering collection to support the work of IJM. Um, we are so grateful for your ongoing prayers and support. You've been giving to IJM and praying for IJM for nearly a decade. And um, I did a little bit of research, and I, um, I discovered that the The year that Winchester Vineyard gave its first ever financial gift was back in 2013, which is the very same year that Ruby was brought to safety. I love it when God does that. Surprise! And Ruby is just one of the 76,000 people that IGM, in partnership with local authorities, has brought to safety from slavery and violence in the last 25 years. And you'll see on your, on your um, seats, and you'll um, have them next week as well, um, this little card, um, you'll have a chance to, to give. And thanks to a generous donor, actually, um, any donations, whatever amount that you give, whether £2 or £200, um, that are given to IGM through churches are going to be doubled um, this year up to £25,000. Um, these, uh, these, story, these little cards have a little story of Courage Hope, who has arguably the best Advent name in the world. Um, and he's another survivor of trafficking, but from Ghana. And do have a read of his story. It's another really powerful um, story. You can use the QR code on the back to donate. But if it would bring you joy, I would love to invite you to join us in that. Your generosity will help our German partners bring more children like Ruby and Courage Hope to safety and walk with them in their journey of healing. But I also wanted to say, Nigel mentioned this um, justice prayer group that has been a part of Winchester Vineyard for the last decade or more. Your prayers change things. They really do. And we are so grateful um, for the faithful prayers of God's people in this work as we venture into darkness and see God's light shine through. So thank you for your prayers because they contribute to stories like Ruby's. Coming into land, and as, as we do so, I, I want to end with a quote that I actually have framed above my desk at home. Um, it's from Fleming Rutledge again, because I love her. Um, and it's a quote that I think sums up the work of IGM and the season of Advent perfectly, and it says this. To be a Christian is to live every day of our lives in solidarity with those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, but to live in the unshakable hope of those who expect the dawn. (sighs) Got goosebumps? I got goosebumps. Advent begins in the dark, but we live in the unshakable hope of those who expect the dawn. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.